Hi, and welcome to My Reality Podcast with Shannon. This is formerly known as the Lessons from Lifetime Podcast. I'm back, y'all. It has been a weird four months. Maybe on one of these episodes, I'll get into the nitty-gritty details of the fog I've been in for four months. Um, short story. I was working at a place. I was promised a different position. I held on thinking I would get that position at some point, and four months later, still not anywhere near it. So I quit this past Sunday night. It was amazing. I feel so good. I'm so glad to be back. I have missed podcasting so much. And I wanted to take the podcast in a little bit of a different direction. I love reality TV. It's just so mindless and silly, and I love it. I watch Bachelor, all Bachelor-related shows, 90 Day Fiance. I'm watching Love is Blind on Netflix, which is fabulous. If you are not watching that show, you should definitely be watching it. It's awesome. So I thought for now, that's what I can cover. Love is Blind. Maybe the new 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days. That's starting this coming up week. This past season of 90 Day has been very lame. I haven't loved it. It's been very boring. I'm ready to get to the next one. And um, I'll do Love is Blind and The Bachelor. I think that would be great. And then I'm going to throw in True Crime because that's also part of my reality. I love True Crime. I watch all the documentaries. I listen to a million different True Crime podcasts and I love it. So if there's a story that's interesting or near me or something like that, I will cover it. But the problem I was having with the actual True Crime show is that you have to do so much research, and I wanted to do it well. I want to cover all the points, and I want to be respectful of the families, and I'm just not organized like that. So I'm just going to chat about the stories. I'm not covering it for you to know all the details of it. We're just going to give our opinions, maybe help solve one. Wouldn't that be cool? But anyway, so that's what we're doing now. I hope you'll stick with me, but if you choose to move on from my podcast, I totally understand. It's totally fine. I get it. I get it. So for today, um, I recently was on Sip and Shine podcast with my good podcasting buddy, Carrie, and we talked about a missing little girl who went missing from near my area last week, Faye Swalik. And we talk about Jason Anthony Jokowski, which is a older case from 2001. It's just as devastating and sad. So without further ado, let's get started. I spilled like red wine all over my computer. Oh no! And mouse. I'm so sorry. No, no. <laughs> I'm just rolling with it at this point. I'm like throwing paper on the floor. <laughs> There's so many spots of red wine on our carpet. I'm like hoping that Mike like replaces it. Oh my god, it's funny. <laughs> I try really hard. Okay, yeah. All right. Hi, Shannon. Thank you so much for coming on Sip and Shine Podcast. I have missed you so much. I miss you too. I missed you and I missed podcasting and I've been in some kind of weird fog for the past four months and now I'm done with it. So I'm excited to be back. Thank you for having me on. I really, really, I cannot tell you how much I missed you. And this week you also came on my Patreon and we did like a little quick um, episode about psychics solving crimes. Right. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So go over and check out patreon.com slash sipshine pod. And Shannon's getting back into the or getting back into the podcast game. And hopefully yes. you'll have a Patreon soon. I hope so. Um, I had one created for my last show, but I didn't ever do anything with it. So I'm saying I'm changing my podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm rebranding again. This time I'm going to do it a little smarter. I've built up a listenership somewhat with lessons from Lifetime. I am changing it. I'm just going to change the name of it. And you can do it because I checked into it um, to my reality. That way I can cover all the fun things I love about reality television. Then also true crime because that's also my reality. I love true crime. So I thought it would just embody all of it. And it could be a little more laid back and fun. I think it's a great idea. I have rebranded so many times with Sip and Join Podcast. And now Jess from Blonde Unfiltered is. So I feel like that's what – isn't that what we're supposed to do is evolve and rebrand? And Well, yeah. I just hadn't found my path yet, I think. You know? I need something that's a little less structured – do some true crime stories just in a laid back way, not super, like you say, scholarly, anything like that. It's just going to be chatting about the stories and our opinions of them. So we were playing ping pong, basically, of different topic ideas because we kind of planned this like a little last minute, but we both have, I mean, I feel like we both have kind of a mini list, but you've had a story going on down in South Carolina that's been gripping the headlines. How far away is that case from you? Um, It is a, <laughs> almost. It is like maybe an hour and a half, not even, to Columbia from here, from Charleston. And we actually lived in Columbia for 10 years. So I knew the area that they're talking about and the neighborhood was Churchill Heights. It's just devastating. I'll just go ahead and say what happened. A little girl, six years old, disappeared after coming home from the bus. And this was like last, oh my gosh, maybe Monday or Tuesday. I have to get the correct date. It's one of those days. It was early in the week and she just disappeared. She was seen getting off the bus. They had the video of her getting off the bus. I've heard conflicting stories. One is that the mom walked her from the bus stop home. The other one was that she was supposed to be home by 3.45, and she usually plays in the yard, so she just walked home. And then by 5 o'clock, the mom hadn't seen her. And so they Mm -hmm. called and said, hey, she's missing. And, of course, all the different crap gets brought out on the families right away, you know. The interesting thing is the mom and family members didn't go on TV like they normally do. No, they Normally, they do a hey, whoever has her, we love her, you know, that kind of thing. So I don't know. The details have been very little. I don't know what was going on with that. I know they took two cars from the family to search and do, you know, crime tech things too. Then I believe last Thursday they found her in the woods kind of behind her house a little bit in Churchill Heights. So when they found her, they also found – a a man dead and at first they were saying they're not sure they're linked but I think it's come out now saying that they had already searched those woods and her body was not there they were digging through somebody's trash found some kind of clue and then went back to the woods and she was there what I'm assuming happened because they are no longer looking for a, a suspect They are not saying anything about anything. Thing has come out that says what we know about the guy who was dead. His name is Cody Taylor. Never had a record. Not a registered sex offender. Anything like that. 
No, I looked him up too. Yeah. I even looked up the street view of his place. They said he lived in townhouses, but they look like more like apartments. Yeah, I think they're apartments. Yeah, I looked up the street view of Piccadilly. I think it was mm-hmm. like Piccadilly Square mm-hmm. or something. Guy went to college, then he switched to another college, and then I think he dropped out, and then he yeah. was working at like Jimmy John's, Jimmy John's, right? Right, right. Yeah, so he's 30, 30 years old, and her body was found 150 yards from his apartment. And what I'm assuming has happened, they haven't really come out and said all this yet that I have seen. What I'm assuming is that he took her, did whatever, killed her, took her body out there, and then killed herself. That's the only plausible explanation at this point because they're definitely linking them together now. Uh, I think they found something in his garbage, right? Yeah, that was yeah, like that a was per- his off trash. The, yeah, so when they first the were coming poster, up right? with it, yeah, when they were coming up with all the explanations, they were like, we just found um, a clue in somebody's trash, and they didn't really connect it all like that at first. But every, I mean, you know, it's just, so, okay, so this is what's terrifying. A, that she just disappeared out of nowhere, just walking home from the bus. B, that this man has no record, not registered as a sex offender. Did something make him snap? Like, had he been watching her? Did she know mm-hmm. his... It says he's not a friend, just a neighbor. But, you know, she probably knew his face from around the building, right? I mean, it's just terrifying. It's so scary. He must have seen her before because wasn't Absolutely. she... Absolutely. Yeah, she was known evidently... I mean, people are just saying mean things. You know, it's definitely not the, the mom's fault... I don't care if you didn't watch her that well. It You didn't deserve for it to happen. And that's what people are saying. Why wasn't the mom watching her? And she didn't. Evidently, she didn't check on her until like 5 o'clock and then realized she was gone. And so I think she was definitely used to playing out and around the apartment building by herself is from what people are saying. And they said that her body hadn't been there that long. Yes, exactly. So I wonder how long she had been held in there and he panicked and then got rid of her or put her out there to his house like they went to his door yeah they asked him right they they didn't go in yeah yeah so you got to wonder they usually say with the statistics of children who are taken they're usually killed pretty quickly after they're taken like within hours so you got to wonder if that's you know if it's been hours and he just had her in there and he's finally just knew he wasn't going to get away with it you know, and his off. yearbook photo looked super normal, like yeah, the cat, popular kid. But then what he looks like now, he looks like a little creepy. Oh, I can't find that one. Send me what that he looks picture. like now. Yeah. His glasses. And he oh, got he like no, lost I don't weight. Have that picture. Where is it? Yes. I will send it to you. Send because, it to me. Yeah. I thought what was his name? Cody. Uh, Kobe Cody Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. This looks like a graduation picture. He looks completely normal. Yeah, I'll send it to you because Okay. And he just but what he looks like now did not he definitely looked different. Okay. So creepy. Yeah, that's And just, I always get freaked out so when you can bad. see people on camera right before it happens. Like <gasps> I the hate last it. it was only like an hour beforehand. Mm-hmm. That's what always freaks me out is me how quickly and then like an hour later that person's life is mm-hmm. gone. It's gone and done. I mean, it's so Oh, God, it's upsetting. Yeah, I mean, just in that amount of time, she walked home from the bus. And people wonder 
why parents today are helicopter parents? Because we're terrified that this kind of stuff happens. Mm-hmm. It happens and it happens all the time and near where you live and doesn't matter the kind of neighborhood you live in. It happens and it's terrifying. And that's why I'm always terrified for my kids. <laughs> I think I like think always. the weirdest case, well, I don't want to say the weirdest because I'm not judging people. I think the you know how they always look at the family? Mm-hmm. One of the cases that really were the were the freakiest, you know how not freakiest. <sighs> I'm like distracted because I'm trying to send you the picture at the same time as I'm talking. I can't do two things at once. All right. So the case that really I felt bad for the parents because they really looked at their lifestyle Mm -hmm. was the woman who had the two husbands. Yeah. They were like a polyamorous couple or whatever, thruple. And they're not even the ones that did it. They had nothing to do with it. It turned out to be like a neighbor boy. But they were dragged through the mud about their lifestyle. Saginaw 911, where is your emergency? Uh, we got a dead body on the corner. I think it's a little girl that's in a bag, plastic bag. Somebody dropped it off. With a killer on the loose for 23 days, the Fort Worth suburb of Saginaw, Texas, was on edge. I would see her a lot, just walking around, trying to like find somebody to play with. Six-year-old Alana Gallagher, a redhead with a pixie haircut, found July 1st, the same day she went missing bound and lifeless, with plastic bags over her head. She suffocated. I didn't open it all the way up, but I could see the legs and everything. There was a belt around it, tape. Her father did what many parents do in desperately tragic situations. He asked for help. We urge anyone with information about her to uh, contact the police. And help came. Tips poured in, but the family was also targeted. Alana had a mom and two dads all living in the same house. Last week, someone torched her father's car in their driveway. A teddy bear memorial in her honor, also up in flames. Scared. Um, boggled. I just don't understand people that can do this kind of thing. Police quickly ruled out any family member as a suspect in the murder, but it was 23 days before the community got answers. I can assure the uh, community of Saginaw and all surrounding uh, areas that uh, you're perfectly safe um, in this community. Uh, I believe this is going to be an isolated case. This week, police got their break from DNA test results. Alana had been sexually assaulted and DNA found on her body was a match for a 17-year-old neighbor, Tyler Holder, someone police had questioned early on. When police moved in for an arrest, Holder opened fire, injuring Officer Charles Lodato from nearby Arlington, Texas. Holder himself was shot in the head during the shootout. He's in critical condition. Saginaw police told CNN he is being charged as an adult with capital murder. And I do think a lot of times there are parents that are terrible and people are just looking for any kind of explanation Oh, it's got to be the parents because they weren't watching her well. Oh, the mom didn't really have custody of her. The grandma did. So, and there was something that came up that the grandma said, not the grandma, the mother had put out on Facebook or something that was Mm -hmm. such a weird comment. And then she had taken her whole account down after it. So, it was just a bunch of things like that. And then, of course, you want to make that the explanation because then it's not as terrifying as some random person just taking your kid. Yeah. So 
One of the ones I was looking at yesterday because I was like, oh, I got to find something that will match this case. Right. It's not a little kid, but I felt like it had that element of how does somebody just disappear? Right. I hate it. <laughs> from their house or their front yard. Right. Right. All right. So I was reading Medium, which the only thing I like Medium, uh, they have these articles that were under under misdeeds and mysteries. The only thing mm-hmm. is, though, is you can only read a certain amount and then you have to pay for them. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and Nicole Henley wrote a bunch of these like little mini articles. Like they're like three to four minute reads, but they're good. They actually have good information in them. Right. Of people that are missing. And this one she titled The Last Chore. I also pulled up Charlie Project too. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. chick does a lot of work too for, for missing people. Right. And one of the things she doesn't mention in Nicole doesn't mention in her article is that this young man actually had, quote, and this was in Charlie Project, Jawalski had learning disabilities related to speech and language. The disabilities may make him appear to be mildly mentally disabled, but he's actually of above average intelligence. Right. right. I did not know that. He was 19 years old. He's been missing since June 13, 2001 from mm-hmm. Omaha, Nebraska, and he was six foot one, 165 pounds. How That's that skinny. Yeah. He's tiny. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's tiny for like his his height. Yeah. And so his name was Jason Jawowski. I'm going to read from her article. I kind of have both up, you know, that I'm taking it from, but feel free to interrupt me. Okay. So he was born June 24th, 1981 in Grand Island, Nebraska, which makes him a cancer. At the time of his disappearance in 2001, he was 19 years old and he was working at an Italian-American restaurant called Fazoli's, which we had one up in Lake George. It's kind of like a drive through Italian restaurant. It's like fast food. Oh, fun. Oh, my gosh. I would love to have that here. Oh, I know. I don't. The one up in Lake George had closed and I'm like, they need to have more fast food drive throughs because. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, this was located on 8th and Cass Streets in Omaha. And when he wasn't working, he attended college part-time. And his mother described him as shy, quiet, and responsible kind of person who had a small group of friends and no girlfriend at the time he vanished. Mm. And so on June 13th, 2001, the day, which is right before his birthday, poor kid. The day started like any other day until he failed to meet up with his coworker for a ride, and he hasn't been seen since. Mm-hmm. On that day, Jason had off from his job, but was called into work due to the restaurant being short on staff that day, which I feel like we've all, I worked in the fast food industry. I did too. You know what I mean? They always had those call outs and then call ins. Oh my gosh. I worked at, as a waitress all through college and constantly they'd call you. I'm like, no, it's my only day off. And they're like, well, I know. Cool. I need to rely on you. Come in. Yeah. And so Jason initially planned on walking to work since his car was in the shop. But in every account on this case, a coworker ultimately was sent to go pick him up. I think he called to see if he could get a ride in. And I remember that too. I remember being like, listen, if you want me to work, you need to come get my ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he and the coworker agreed to meet up at Omaha Benson High School, of which both of them had graduated from, which was located eight blocks from his house. And before he left to meet up with his coworker, Jason tended to some chores around the house with his younger brother, one of which was taking the trash cans into the garage. After his disappearance, a neighbor remembered seeing Jason that day moving one of the trash cans into the garage at around 10.45 a.m., The same neighbor also recalled him having his red work shirt with him during this time. And sadly, this would be the last time he'd be seen. 
is so upsetting. I know. And I just don't understand who would have the motivation to do anything to this yeah. kid. Doesn't make any sense. It really does. And he was tall too for his age. Right. It's just, it's very, I just want to know. I need to know. Between 11.15 and 11.30, when Jason failed to meet up with his coworker, she went to a nearby gas station to call their workplace before returning to work. Coworker, according to the other sources, called Jason's house to find out why he didn't show up only to get his brother instead. So I'm thinking she must have called the restaurant and was like, listen, he's not here. They gave her his house number, I guess, Mm -hmm. to like call that. And the brother answers the phone and he was unaware that anything was wrong. So he jokingly pretended to be him until it was quickly realized that he was missing. And the coworker never saw him while waiting for him. And that was a female. Yeah. Ultimately, no one has seen or heard from Jason since then. Even when investigators checked the security cameras from the school, they did not find Jason on any of them. When he went missing, Jason had $650 in his bank account, which has never been touched since. He had no more than $60 on him at the time. His paychecks were never cashed. No activity on his cell phone, which 2001 is kind of an early time period for cell phones. Yeah, yeah. There was no activity on the ATM card. He never showed up at the mechanics to pick his car up. A search of his room also showed that he took none of his belongings with him. And a week after he'd gone missing, Jason was supposed to start a new job as a radio DJ at the local station, of which he was reportedly very excited over. And he ultimately never showed up for it. Mm. And he had no, as far as anyone can tell, he had no issues with alcohol or drugs. He was close to his family. He had no known enemies. No. Like, how did people just disappear like this? I, I don't know. And so upsetting. You know it had to be foul play, too. It has to be because he had so many mm-hmm. things to look forward to. You know, nobody just walks away like that. In 2017, Omaha Police Department listed his case as homicide. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm looking at the age pro- progression, too. Oh, yeah. God, and her hard. his mom found Project Jason, which was a nonprofit organization dedicated to assisting the families of missing people and publicizing them. I just feel terrible on this case. I don't know what it is. If like what kid just goes out to the corner, brings in his like, are there really that many perpetrators out there? Was it a case of somebody accidentally hitting him with their car and they put him in the trunk? But even then, it would have to be a group of people because how do you pick up a six foot one guy? Yeah, it's, it's very confusing. It doesn't make any sense. And he was tall, no less. I don't, I just don't get it. And it's the middle of the day. I don't know if this was a weekend or if it was during the day. I mean, his little brother was home, but I just, who's out there at like the middle of the day looking for trouble? Yeah, I don't know. It just had, it almost had to be something planned because I mean, if it's a crime of opportunity, I don't understand. And then you think of uh, when things like that happen, I always think about, um, dang, what's that one? Isaiah or what's his name? That serial killer that's so scary. I thought his name started with I. Maybe I'm making that up. No, it um, sounds like a serial killer would be named Isaiah. <laughs> Isaiah. This was on a Wednesday, by the way. June June 13th was a Wednesday. So it wasn't even a weekend. What is his name? I'm going to find it right now. I'm so mad right now that I can't think of it. Anytime something weird and out of the blue happens like that, I always think, think of, of that this person? serial killer because he just kind of seemed to be everywhere traveling all the time and he did Israel Keys Israel Keys that's who it is 
Israel Keys. Just because I'm not saying he he did this. I'm just saying it reminds me of he would prepare for the crime of opportunity to come up. So he was yeah. always prepared. And then if he just found somebody to fit the bill, he went after it. And nobody ever knew what happened for so long, you know? Yeah, he was a serial killer, rapist, arsonist, burglar, and bank robber. Is he the one that would leave cans of stuff buried in locations all over the country? Yeah, he had kill kits and supplies everywhere. And he traveled so many places for his job all the time. It's just, it's crazy. So I always think of him when things just don't make sense. Yeah, it's just, it's insane. Yeah. He's yeah, scary. maybe he's the one that did it. I'm telling you, it's just, no, it's just like, how do you... Whenever something like that happens, like just out of the blue and you don't know why, what is the reason? Especially when it's not like, you think of kidnappings of younger, younger. Yeah, people, younger not, kids, like 12, yeah. 13 year old boys. Right, right. This kid was six foot one or you picture girls, but the guy literally had his work shirt. I mean, the, and he, I don't even think he would have been like, yeah, I'll take a ride from you because he already had a ride waiting from him eight blocks down even if the person was like hey i'll give you a ride up to the school mm-hmm. i it, that part like that's the only thing remotely but i still don't think you would get into somebody's car unless you knew them right to drive up to the school because we can walk to the school from where i'm at and it's such a pain i'd just be like no no it's all right i'll just walk right it's, right. it's fine you know oh, it's so scary can't J- tucker asked me the other day if he could bike home from school and we don't live terribly far from school and I know a lot of the kids do it. I'm like, no, I can't, I can't do it. Sorry. (laughs) I can't let you do it yet. I would be a nervous wreck the whole time. I just, I, mm, no, it's not worth it. I get really Mm -hmm. freaked out too. So I don't feel bad. I'm, I'm terrible. And I have just anxiety about, about it. I'm I'm anxious (laughs) that my 20 year old is going to get, yeah, exactly. He promised me forever that he would not. I thought, I don't care where you are. I will give you Uber money. (laughs) I don't care how nefarious and what you're up to. Get in a van. Tell him. No. That's like 101. Like, have I not taught you with all my ID channel? Have I not taught you better? I know I taught you better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But you know what? And that's the problem. We teach them and teach them and teach them. And sometimes to the point where they think we're just exaggerating. Yeah. Exactly. And then they're going to go and do something silly. Yeah. So, where can people find you? Okay. After a little mini soda of us getting back together, it's like that, we're getting the band back together. It is. It's so exciting. Okay. You know what? I don't, <laughs> oh, don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know yet because I'm starting new. So currently it's Lessons from Lifetime yes. podcast. I'm changing it. Yes. So you might want to search for my reality. I don't know yes. when I can, I'm trying to do that today and tomorrow. Um, I did start a Twitter and it's at SS my reality. Okay. And I haven't really done anything with it yet. I just started, I just put it on there so I could have that done. And I'm going to start an Instagram. So I'm sure Are that'll you be just on there. change your other Instagram. You just have to change the name. Oh, you can do that? Yes. And I'm going to help you change the name of your Twitter? Twitter to be more, to be more. Yeah. I'll show you how to do it. So okay. they can find you. And you want your Twitter and your Instagram to match. So it's okay. easier for people to find you. Yeah. So if I can just change my Twitter, then maybe I should cancel the other one I made. And this yes, don't start Twitter. all over again. Yeah. Don't start all over again. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> no. Hey, we'll problem. have more concrete where you can find me at a, at a later date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The jury's out on that one. We're, yeah. we're working we're a work on in it. progress. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Thank you very, very much. Thank and you for having me on. I check out it. the Zoli's restaurants. Yeah, right. I, I want to find one. Yeah, support, support the drive through Absolutely. That sounds delicious. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to My Reality Podcast with Shannon. And thank you to Carrie for having me on your show. I appreciate it so much. You can find Carrie on all social media at SipshinePod. You can find me on Instagram at MyRealityPod and on Twitter at PodMyReality. And you can find both of our podcasts on all the platforms. And until next time, y'all stay safe.